You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Hey, this is Dave with Fatterday Omaha, and I am here on another of our awesome episode of Food Recognized Food Series, where we talk to people in and around the restaurant industry about all things food. And I'm very fortunate to be sitting in the KIOS studios with Chef Jamil Batraore of House of Ba and the House of Ba Foundation. Chef, how are you doing? I'm doing incredible. I, it's an honor to be here with you, David. You oh. know, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. And you know, what's so neat is you and I sort of connected in a a different way via another chef in town, Chef Wilson of yes. Le Voltaire. Uh, I was working on an article for him and you had some very kind words to say. Um, and I believe he had some very kind words to say about you as well. So it's kind of neat to actually meet you in person. Mm. I have not been fortunate enough yet to try your food. And oh. <laughs> I love all things food. Uh, I believe you're uh, from Togo originally, correct? That is correct, I'm from Togo. Awesome. So the the only connection I have yet to that food is the wonderful chef Nina Soji yes. uh, of Okra. She was on the show. Mm-hmm. She's so awesome, and I love her food. Yes. And curious to get to know more about your food. But yes. let's let's start with with House of Ba. Um, what you do and and a little bit about your food. Tell me a little bit about it. So as you mentioned, you know, I'm from Togo. I want to clarify that I was born there, but my folks are from Mali. Okay. Yes, so that's. I just want to make sure that distinction because when you see the last name Bartraore, yeah, people might just get a bit confused. I'm a Togolese, that's what I claim. So, House of Ba, I have a couple of things going on. I have a House of Ba Food Group and House of Ba Foundation. Yes. But the first one that I started with was House of Ba Food Group, obviously. Okay. And uh, the particularity about me, David, is that my food uh, is uh, about 90% based on African um, culture, African flavor, African spice. Yeah. And then the rest of 10% is just going around the world. I believe in fusion. I believe in bringing us together because food is food. Yes. You know, I mean, we all cook the same thing. It's just different way. You yes. Know? So I've been, um, since leaving the industry, I've been just doing this catering and uh, uh, going about just to change the, um, the way people view West African cuisine in general. Yes. Because that's where I'm from also, by extension, the whole African continent food. Because I think it's important that people um, open their mind mm. when it comes to cultural African cuisine, like uh, African food, right? Yeah. So I was on that journey, and then I realized I need to do more than just be somebody that cook food and serve it to people. Mm. That's what led me to why I'm here today, the House of Bar Foundation. It was previously called Eat and Talk Africa, but we just switched the name recently because we wanted to go uh, abroad and then uh, help everybody else. Because although the initial idea uh, behind was uh, to expose people in general about African cuisine, yeah. we realized that it's not just about African cuisine that is not well known in Omaha, Nebraska, in the Midwest or America. Yeah. It's, it's more so about new cuisine, by that I mean refugee immigrant cuisine. Mm. So with the Hasaba Foundation, we focus on mainly two things. Uh, one is anybody that's a new American, anybody that's as displaced, anybody that's just settled here in America, and uh, we just want to make sure that folks, for Omaha being foodie town, yeah, people know about it. And also the other thing is uh, uh, African cuisine. I love it. Can you describe Togolese food a little bit from from your perspective? Maybe some of the the common spices used, or um, some things that might give it uh, its uniqueness. So. I won't even call it Togolese food per se. I always call it West African food. Perfect. Because Africa has five culinary regions. Awesome. You have the north part with uh, all the Maghreban countries. Mm-hmm. You have the west part with all that coastal from Senegal all the way to Lakoma, Cameroon. Yeah. You have the corner of uh, the Horn of Africa with the East Africa almost kind of like. And you have a central with the Gabon, you know, and uh, uh, you have uh, South not South Africa, but southern part of Africa. Yeah. Right? And you can even add almost like, you know, southeast with the Mozambique because there's different kind of influence. So if I were to just say Togo, it would just make it look like it's just because it's just Togo. Ah, I see. Across the whole West Coast, the food is very similar, David. Ah, okay. It's just the name that change. I see. And also, it's just mainly what is the uniqueness is, is the spices. People will hear relate that to curry. Mm-hmm. Curry is nothing but really a blend of spices. Right. So every household 
have their own curry. Their own blend, right? yeah. Almost like every person in the family, your mother can teach you something, but the kid will just go in. All of them will just have something different, right? Sure. The beauty about African food is just that's, that spice. Mm, mm-hmm. It changes also with what you have. Mm. Africa, we are folks that cook with what we have, right? Sure. And that's really what it is right here, too. Even any farmer right here, uh, you cook what you have. If you do scratch cooking, if you do natural organic cooking, it's just what you have that makes the difference. So that's the main thing. Otherwise, um, on the West Coast, you have a lot of um, protein because we are looking out to have a coast. Right. So fish... A lot of legume, a mm-hmm. um, lot of um, game animal, you know, for people that can hunt and stuff sure. like that. Um, you have also a lot of tuber roots, you know, mm-hmm. and rice, you know, believe it or not, corn is a staple, huge, huge staple, um, because wow. we don't eat it as a um, tortilla, but as a corn meal. Mm-hmm. That's what goes with the, the sauces and diversions that we do, right? Of course, you know, fufu, as you know, yeah. right now. You can use cassava to make it. We can use yam to make it. So it's it's a very diverse food. Yeah. You see that similarity between Ghana, Nigeria, Benin, uh, like I said, Cameroon, you know, Ivory Coast, Liberia, Sierra Leone, all those. Now, when you go a little north, like Mali, Burkina Faso, and Niger, that's where you see a lot of differences. Ah, okay. In name. Yeah. But also in what makes what. Ah. Like one thing I can just... You know, tell you that like it, I mean, it's like if you go to Mali, you say mafe, mm-hmm. that is a peanut butter sauce. Oh, okay. If you come to Togo in my mother's region, you say mafe, it's a tomato sauce. Oh, so without very the peanut butter sauce. Ah, so so, okay. so that's kind of the beauty of uh, uh, West African food or Togolese food, if you, if you want to call it. And you said so you have family from Mali as well. Yes, yes. My folks uh, actually uh, left Mali, just coming down to and they're still in Togo. That's okay. where my father was born. Yeah, that's where I was born, and that's where you know I grew up. You know, and uh, funny thing about me, if I may, I may share this, is that please, what led me to cooking is really uh, my mother. Wonderful. And also, it's because you know Africa is a very patriarchal society back then. Sure. So it's a little bit now, you know. So I did get a couple slap when I was in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> my dad didn't like it, you know. He's like, "What are you doing there?" You know. But sorry goes that my great grandfather was uh, chauffeur slash chef for the German. Oh wow! Okay. When they were colonized Togo. Okay. After World War One, when the French took over, he was also chauffeur slash um, chef for them. Wow. So he was very well known to be the exception. Yeah, you know, and even it, uh, from what I was told, when he was younger, he was always in- interested into making his own food. Yeah, so that really led him to go and do that. Wow. So he made it a point to teach all his male kids the art of cooking. Wow, so he's kind of breaking the tradition, breaking yes, the rules he, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he okay. broke the rule very, very early, way earlier in our community. Yeah. So that's why my mom also made the point that I learned how to cook. Ah, I see. You see what I mean? That's how she introduced me to that. Yeah. But I only found about this, I found about this when I when I started just saying that this was something I want to do. Oh, actually, when I was back home, you know, what we really, what we did, what I remember, David, is that my mom, me being 13, 14 years of age, you know, folks will come like a friend, and she'd be like to me, I'll just go make us, you know, some uh, fufu and then a goosey soup. Yeah. And her friend would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you mean you sending your son to go do? And she'd be like, just, just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> and then proudly I would go, you know, and then this was just like odd for them because then you have the mortar, you know, to yeah. stone where you have to grind things. Yeah. You see me and I'll do all that and make the food and then I pretended they would be looking at me like, what, what is, what's going on, Sahada? You know, bless her soul, you know. And then she just like beaming with pride because, you know, I made this food and all these ladies be like, oh my God, can my, my, my daughter marry him? Blah, 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 you know. You know? Yeah. So that's how I started, that's you know. Awesome. And uh, that's what led me to here. And then finally, it became something that I realized that it's more than a passion. It's, it's just in the blood, you know. Yeah. If you can recall back, what yeah. was the first thing you really remember cooking or putting together like that? I think the first thing that I learned how to cook was what we call the cornmeal. Oh, okay. So fufu, you can say, but fufu is made with the um, yam, right? Right, right. That's, but the yeah. cornmeal, we use corn flour masa, which, you know, folks use uh, in Latin America to make tortilla. Right. We use that to make a meal. So we make a meal out of it, and then we eat it with some kind of sauce, right? Gotcha. So that's the first thing. It's uh, it's an art because you got uh, you have to have your cast iron, yeah, and you know uh, uh, calabash or pa, and then you have this wooden spoon. 
that you use to mix it. Yeah. So because the cast iron is on this coal, when you beat the bottom of it, uh-huh. it's gonna just keep just you know, oh, uh, yeah, ex- expanding because kind of like you put in uh, iron in the fire. Yeah. So I made a couple of mistakes because my mom would turn this to, uh, the pot and the pot will have like this pointy oh yeah a- a- a area at the bottom of it because I kept just going oh hitting it hitting hitting <laughs> at the bottom instead of hitting and she's like you're destroying my yeah, pan yeah it's like you're supposed <laughs> to mix it up you're not supposed to hit the bottom well, <laughs> you know. so that's kind of what I learned first because that that's the main staple food got you and then rice comes and then fufu comes so that and then just make an okra soup and then you eat that with okra soup that's that's what I that's the first thing that I learned and uh, uh, as far as the meal wise yeah but I think the, f- the if Anything that led to that was probably just me grinding uh, like ingredients on yeah. the stone. Wow. Whether it's like pepper, tomato, because back then you don't have a mixer, you have a blender, right? You just gotta right. put it and grind it to turn it into uh, the liquid that you want. I've I've had some fufu and I, I learned that I was also eating it wrong first because <laughs> I would like take a bite of fufu and then something else like, no, you're supposed to grab it and like use it as a utensil yeah. and pick stuff and up with it. So, yeah, I, yes. so you know, love learning things like that. Um, it's tasty regardless, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But and then for for the the cornmeal, is there a specific dish name or anything, or is it just you know, hey, we're gonna um, use some other so things? So you have akume. Akume is like in southern parts. Okay. Mutu, which is like in my native language. Yeah. You know? So uh, that's the same thing as satsa in South Africa. Yeah. The same thing as ugali in Kenya, blakali in Ivory Coast, or banku in Ghana. So see how it's it's changing. Yeah. But it's just the same Similar dish, different name. and Different name. Does Togo have its own jollof rice? Oh, my. I hear it's quite a contentious (laughs) subject depending on where jollof rice came from and how you make it and what's in it. I have a friend from Cameroon, Uh and she has her opinions on how it should be. And so I'm just curious. What are your opinions on jollof rice? You know, when you ask me, (laughs) David. That's what I like to say that was African. I generalize, you know, because yeah. I don't want to fall into the debate of which one is <laughs> which the best, country which country. Yeah. And really, as a cook, um, it depends. The day, some days, you know, some days you can make a great dish, some days you can be off. So, West Africa has, of course, also two parts the French ex colony mm. and the British ex colony as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, within the French, uh, you see that uh, Togolese will say we are the best at cooking. Every, Coast folks will say the same. Senegal will say the same. Sure, you should be proud it, of your food. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, within the British colony, ex-colony, shall I say, uh, you have Ghanaian will say something, Nigerian folks will say something, Sierra Leone, Liberia. So really, all food is great. You I know, love food it. Great. You know, all these countries have great jollof. That's we all can share that pride. You know, it's, it, it, there's no point of saying this one is better than this one. Food is food. Yeah, food is food. Is yeah. it good? Okay, eat it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's what it is. Coming from Togo to to the U.S., mm-hmm. roughly about when did you did you get here, and how did your your love of cooking at home with mom and and things like that turn into mm-hmm. turn into a passion here? So I got here in two thousand three. Okay. Believe it or not, you know I study accounting back home. When I came here, I went to Bellevue University. Oh. Bellevue University. Yeah. And that's where I got a degree in business administration and with a minor in accounting. Um, then after that, I worked in the corporate world. I worked for Citibank, PayPal, AT&T, just doing, you know. Doing the corporate doing thing. Doing the corporate thing. Yeah. And all along, the only thing that I, will keep me grounded was cooking. Just, you know, relieve my stress or anything like that. I would just yeah. come home, and then I would just start cooking at 1 o'clock in the morning, and then by 6 o'clock, I have like six, seven dishes, like, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> then, awesome. You know? And I, I kept doing that. I kept doing that, and then, you know, and then also it, it was a way for me to cope. Uh, uh, with my mom, you know, passing away. So, oh goodness, 2011-ish, and then I started just think, asking myself, like, what is that one thing that I want to do when uh, I'm 90 years old? So, and then yeah. I, I could just do that without having any any worry, any issue, anything like that, you know? Yeah, where's and your that, heart at? Yeah, yeah. Well, where's my heart at? You know what I mean? And then uh, it was also tough, a tough time, you know. 2009, 2010, 2011 was a tough time for me as an immigrant here, you know, mm-hmm. trying to sell it. In, in, in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, or in the U.S. period, you know, with having to go to immigration loophole and stuff like that. Sure. But that's where Chef Pepin um, comes in, really. That's where, uh, that's when I started watching the show. That's when I started reading his books. Um, the Apprentice mainly was like a huge thing in my life for me. And then I was just like, you know, I, 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 need, to, I need to find out what I really want. I need, I need to, this, this thing's calling me. And I, I need to really, really uh, figure out what, what I want. And I was thinking about going to New York or Chicago or mm. LA if I were to go to culinary school. Yeah. I didn't even know that right here in our backyard there was a uh, MCC. Yeah. You know? So 
I found that out, and then I went to Metro and then I got my culinary art degree. From there, I worked in some uh, catering company, did a stint at Dante, and then um, I oh, worked wow. uh, with uh, Nick uh, Strzok. Yeah, with Nick. There? Yeah, awesome. yeah, Nick. Nick. Yeah, that you know. So yeah, I did that while I was going to school as well, and then that, that was a good memory because I was really dedicated. Um, it wasn't easy, David, to be honest with you, but this is what cooking cooking became my way out, my way of just, you know, closing out everything. Yeah. And just staying in the present, staying in, in the moment, and just like, you know, no matter what happened here, whether I stay in this country or whether I leave this country, I can take this with me. Absolutely. You know I mean? So I've worked a couple of, three hotels actually, you know, two Marriott and one Hilton in, in, in Omaha. Yeah. And that's what really also led to another uh, version of me realizing that, oh, okay, this is great, everything's well, Omaha's booming with restaurants, all that, but, I'm seeing a void in this. Mm. I don't see a lot of culturally affirming cuisine. Yeah. I don't see a lot of, you know, um, new faces, new uh, American cuisine in this field. Yeah. So it, it has to make it also. And I realize that people don't know much. There's this wall when you say African cuisine, mm-hmm. when you say somebody is from uh, Syria, Ukraine, or something. It's like, what is their cuisine, right? Yeah. So I decided to do something about it. For me, it's like, how can I introduce that into the field? How can I make sure that people discover this food, they realize that it's just amazing food, the flavor, everything, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, if we have, you know, Indian food, you know, if you have Latin food, if you have all those cuisine that we're kind of trying to know, why is it that that was what I was thinking about back then? Because why is it that this country with the history that it has with uh, Africa is not offer something like that right right so let me try to you know put that in the market by just doing my uh, uh catering then i thought to myself you know what it's gonna be more than that Ooh. i could be in the corner somewhere doing it yeah but it wouldn't just have an effect right away that i want i want to see more of me i love i want to see more jamil more nina more shaima right yeah so i need to teach this yes you know and then that's what led me to found has about uh, foundation. The foundation. That's why I led me to say, you know what, I need to be able to have a structure, a format, something where I can teach this. Yeah. Because what I see, I see threefold. One, teach the community around, the whole Omaha community about uh, those cultural affirming cuisine. Yeah. Two, teach anybody, youth or old, who want to learn this cuisine as well. And then we can do like, you know, uh, have a small entrepreneur business, you know, a small caterer here and there and stuff like that. And also teach the people that are in the industry. So if the, all this converge two, three years down the road, you have people that know the cuisine that can offer it. Mm-hmm. You have the community that knows the cuisine and wants the cuisine. Mm-hmm. And then we can have more diversity in the food offering. Absolutely. You know, so that's, this is this is the full circle. So that's, in a nutshell, um, how I went from corporate mm-hmm to going to Houston and getting my master's in the hospitality uh, hotel management because yeah. I was I was I was then ready to go back home and go teach oh okay something like this yeah then you know I had in you know, heart I was like I got I have to start right here wow this is what happened and so since then um we've had a couple programs that we focus on mainly one is called immigrant colonial integration program okay where it's for new American Anybody awesome. that is new to the U.S. hasn't been here um, for less than five years, uh-huh. and uh, who has aspiration to be in this field but can find themselves. Right? Ah, yes. Because I've been there. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a live experience of, of this, right? So I want to be able to give them something, meet them where they are, and get them to uh, learn this and then see what they can do with it. Right? I love it. So the last class that we had um, was uh, ladies. Uh, imagine or not, we had 10 ladies, right? from Venezuela, from Sudan, from uh, Iraq, from Ukraine. Wow. And, uh, and, and it, we, we brought everybody together. And uh, I think about 80%, I would say, were like fairly in the country less than a year. Wow, yeah. And then uh, um, one of the classmates uh, uh, had the first experience with the mushroom. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, because she's like, I used to see this on, you know, just in commercial in my country because they make pizza out of it. Uh-huh. And she never had a mushroom. Oh, before. never had a mushroom, never ever. Never had a mushroom. And then that's really the beauty of our program, because I want as much as I want people from America to discover this cuisine. Yeah. I want people also that are can't, a new American to discover that there is things here that you can also utilize. Yes. There is things here that you can also feed your feed your kid, because we have family that are stuck in this revolving door where they, they feel like 
I can only eat what I'm, I know. Mm. I don't know this food. Mm-hmm. And my family they said that I, I cannot eat this new American food. I just don't know what I, what, what I know. We need to foster connection between them. That's one of the things that we want to do, right? I and the second it. program, the uh, African Culinary Academy, focused solely on African food. Awesome. Right? To teach that to uh, youth, the community, and then get them also to introduce those two cuisine in the hospitality field. Gotcha. Now, is that section part of the foundation then, too? Okay. So, yes. So you have so, a few different yes, angles there. Yes. What I just told you right now are structural foundation. Gotcha. You know, and uh, this is what draw Jacques Pepe Foundation attention, and this is what they decided to fund. I'm glad you helped me out there. So yes. uh, uh, earlier in our conversation, you had said that uh, you had watched uh, Jacques Papin uh, cooking uh, early on. It was kind mm-hmm. of an inspiration to yes. you. Yes. And of course, uh, Jacques Papin, uh, you know, awesome celebrity chef, uh, got a start in the U.S. cooking at Howard Johnson's yes. uh, hotel chain here, yes. I believe. And of course, a good friend of Julia good Child's, child. uh, yes. you know, kind of bringing French cooking to everybody's home. Yes. And so uh, one of the reasons that we we got connected here. An honor has been bestowed on you and the foundation. Tell me about that and Jacques Pepin and, and what has happened again in Omaha here that is awesome. So Jacques Pepin Foundation, um, ha, uh, as a chef, just like you said, you know, is a well-known chef. You know, he decides to uh, help promote that love uh, of culinary, and then uh, they, out of all the applications they've had in the U.S., they only fund 10 organizations. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, we are one of the organizations, the 10, 10 organizations that they decided to um, offer a grant to support the work that we do in Omaha, Nebraska. To Wonderful. continue uh, our mission, which is to get those um, cultural affirming cuisine to be well-known in the community and to foster connection using food uh, as the catalyst, of course, and also to create that um, job and economic development. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, to, to, to just, you know, uh, put everything back in the community. So the Jacques Pepin Foundation, it really want to foster that growth on the culinary side, right? Because as you know, food is everything that uh, helps to, it's like an engine that get the engine go, the, the, the entire country going. Yeah. So this grant's going to help us really continue our programming. And then this grant is an honor because um, for has to be in Omaha, Nebraska. Not that we don't. People usually think Omaha is just like somewhere in, in the heart of country or somewhere we, you know, yeah. you, they don't even know much about us, they right? They don't pay attention to yeah, us but all the time. Us, you know, so it's, um, you know. Yeah. Um, but for Jack Pepper Foundation to look at what we're doing here in Omaha, Nebraska, and then for them to decide that, you know, we want to support this, it's, it's a huge deal. And also for me, it's a full circle event. Reading his books, it really what gave me a light, you know, kind yes. of like sound like Daniel in that moment. That's yes. really, really what was comforting me and then giving me the hope that, you know, this is the path you want to go on. And then getting that today is a huge honor. Part of the reason that uh, you were considered or, or given this grant was the workforce development piece. Talk to me a little bit about how the, the workforce development piece happens and also how you adapt to all the different places and stories that these people are coming from. Just like you know, when you are a new uh, American here, you are sometimes lost. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. you can't find your bearing. Like you ask yourself, hey, "What can I do?" And most of those uh, people that come here, they have talent, they have skills, that they have jobs that they were doing back home. Yeah. But when they get here, they don't know what to do. And often, in the settlement uh, settlement uh, process, they end up just working on uh, in factories and you know. Um, Meatpacking. I hate to say it, but it's not like we're saying that this, those are not jobs. But sure. I, I just want somebody to do what the you know, their passion. Maybe it's a job, yeah. but not a career, it's not, not a, a career. passion. Exactly. Yes, not a passion, yes. You know? And because I've been there, you know, so um, one of the particular things that we do with uh, our programming is that uh, it's not just teaching them the culinary skills, but it's also like a workforce uh, uh, training, right? Yeah. And then we are intentional about giving them skills that they can take right away to work for somebody in a restaurant or work for a curing company or actually create their own uh, business if they want to. Yeah. Because we, uh, we expose them to so many things within the, 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 the training. Uh, they get the service certificate. You know, we give them all the skills that they need to be able to understand the hospitality business. Yeah. Right? Because it's new to them being an American, sure. uh, being, being a new American. So uh, that translates into people just being able to ready to get uh, into the workforce. And uh, uh, what we also do is that we pair them with uh, other organizations that have like extended program that they can go through. Uh-huh. Some then also uh, uh, express a desire to go to Metropolitan Community College. Yeah. Uh, some express a desire to just work in or have their own business. So 
as a new American, while they come here and they lost, they don't know what to do, this program gives them a leg up. It meet them where they are and then give them a guidance on what they can do also to fulfill this dream of just working in the hospitality business, right? Yeah. So it's better than just going doing something that is just a job but not a career. Yeah. So that's one of the particular things that we do and it's because of that connection between our program and getting people ready to get into the job market that the has uh, um that led the uh, foundation to give us um this grant. The beauty about uh, our program is that even though sometimes the language can be a barrier. Yeah. Once we start cooking, it's just like the language of food. Oh, I love this. Right? Yeah. Uh, we've seen bond happening during our classes. We've seen people from, uh, an example, you know, uh, there was people from Syria and people from Ukraine mm-hmm. that are bonded yeah. because they both share a common uh, foe, if we might talk about it in a way, you know, <laughs> yes. because of the Russian thing. Because those yes. uh, folks, those folks were displaced because of the war mm-hmm. and that happened in the country. Both mm-hmm. of them see uh, Russian as an invader that is causing this war. So when they came to this class, they just bonded just naturally, organically. Yeah. And then we see people from um, Venezuela uh, sharing food with people from uh, Sudan and say, "Oh my God, this is what this is. This looks like something that we do here in our country." Yeah. And then this looks like you know what uh, a similar thing. And the beauty of the program also is that we take this and we showcase that we prove a concept that. Contrary affirming cuisine can work. Yes. The last capsule that we did was at the Le Voltaire restaurant, at my buddy's Wilson yeah. uh, uh, restaurant. Yeah. We served about 90 people. I kid you not. We had a five-course meal, and it was from every course was from all these countries that I just named right oh, now. Oh, that had to be amazing. It was great. It was amazing. Wow. And it was an, an eye-opening moment for everybody that come there. Right? Yeah. Folks say, but I can't believe that I'm just I mean, eating this food that I will never have had, you know, and we, this is what we want. We want you to be open to this. We want you to realize that, yes, you can have Ukrainian food like this. Yes, you can have Syrian food like this. Yes, you can have Zimbabwe food or Sudanese food like this or Guatemala food like this. It's important that yeah. what, what you just said right now about Omaha, being a foodie town, we have that diversity. We do. We do have, you know what I mean? And then also we, that we don't also put those diversity or those diverse cuisine into like a, a pocket where we think it's mm. just a street corner thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a mom and pop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that can evolve into um, something you can serve at the Hilton, or at the Marriott or something. Sure. We got to change that mindset. I love that. You know, so that's what uh, we're trying to do uh, at Hasaba uh, Foundation, focus on two cuisines, South African and immigrant cuisine. Roughly how many people are part of the foundation that help you do all of this? That's a good question there. It's just two of us. I'm here with the other person. Oh, my goodness. Then, so just two of you? Yes, it's just two of us. So language, you know, you said you had you know, somebody from Syria, somebody from Ukraine that don't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you don't speak every language of <laughs> all of the people that are coming in as well. So no. how do you navigate yeah. that? So it's interesting, right? Uh, when we started this, uh, the immigrant culinary integration program, we were wondering how we're going to do this. What, 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 <laughs> what are we going to say in the classroom? Yeah. How do I say knife in this? And you know, I say knife in this language. But believe it or not, David, the language of food is I, very easy when you oh, you, you, you get together, you break bread together, you yes. cook food. You know, uh, it, it was easier than we thought. But of course. Um, uh, we are lucky now uh, with one of the, our partners, Hello Neighbor. Okay. We have been introduced to some uh, uh, organizations that uh, do translation. Oh, okay. And uh, also we are intentional about doing like a, a customized translation and then be able to change our curriculum, uh, translate the curriculum into the language of the people that are in, in our, our class. Awesome. Because it's about accessibility, right? Sure. It's about diversity. You, you got to see yourself in everything. So one of the particular things that we uh, we want to start, want to start doing is um, getting every piece of curriculum that we have, every piece of document that we have, translated into all those languages so people can actually see themselves in it because it's important, right? So that's what we do. And uh, language doesn't become a barrier anymore. I love it. Because, one, people find it easy to bond, to express themselves. And it, I think I would even say that it's a therapy. We've seen things in the classroom that made people that have come here and then since then uh, we have two of the two people that came out of the, our class find employment and then a couple are uh, baking and selling food now become yeah. entrepreneur and they told us that this made their settlement here easy yeah because they find themselves they they find themselves back into something they love to do yes they're able to do that because david the key thing is that they can't go to a metro right away 
Yeah. They're the new American. They can't just go into uh, uh, apply at a casino, apply at a uh, uh, Marriott. They cannot. Yeah. So somebody got to do something to get them there. I think you had said, too, that you look to partner your students and the, and the people that are part of the foundation with somebody in the restaurant hospitality industry that maybe yes. can link up with them from a, a communication or skill perspective. Yes, we do. So part of our, uh, our program is just, you know, workforce training, workforce experience. Yeah. So um, besides just doing the caps at the end of the uh, program, we also uh, give the opportunity to learn from people that are in the industry. So let's awesome. say you have a restaurant right now, we can contact you with one of our partner. We can ask you, we do visit, and then uh, we also, uh, we do a lot of pop-ups experience, and if somebody is also needing people as a staff, we bring them to just have those stage moment yeah. during those times so they can get acclimated, you know. And uh, and they get also paid during that, right? So that's, that's one of the important thing. So the programming itself is not just about uh, teaching, it's not about only about creating work workforce, really workforce that is needed right now. Yeah. But it's also to give put back people in the economy and then just creating that natural, yeah. organic way of people being employed, right? And supporting themselves. If I may add this, David, is that Please. the key important thing about this type of program is that if we don't do it, these people will just don't have this option. They will leave this passion that they have mm. to go work, take a job. Yeah. Right? But if we want to really, really make Omaha diverse, the fusionary diverse. Just imagine right now somebody from Syria going through a program, getting a job at OPS. Mm. Imagine what they can bring as the culturally appropriate, culturally affirming cuisine that they can bring. Imagine what they can be able to introduce right there. Imagine if those people, 200 right now of graduates, go into hospitality field in Omaha and work. Yeah. And then the hospitality field embrace them. They allow them to just show them how to make the cultural food. Look at the impact in Omaha. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Look, look at what we can achieve by just, you know, uh, learning from each other. Yeah. And also look at these people that actually, instead of just going, doing a job, doing the career, a lot of them can create their own business mm-hmm. and put back uh, their skills in the community. Whether it's the food that they sell, whether it's the tax that they're going to be paying, whether it's the diversity that they're going to be offering, right? So that's the key thing. And the reason why I know this work is that I mentioned earlier the capstone that we had at the Voltaire, right? Mm-hmm. We also had an event at uh, Jocelyn Castle uh, last year. Okay. We mm-hmm. offer international cafe. So international international breakfast. Oh, international cafe. Awesome. International yeah. breakfast, right? We serve breakfast from five different uh, countries at Jocelyn Castle. It was like a drive-through. People stopped and also tried that. Oh, cool. It was it was an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, people all over the world. You know. Uh, people all over Omaha came and tried the food, and there was a family that actually was visiting from Zimbabwe. They lived in Zimbabwe for so long. Yeah. How in the odd that would come to Omaha, Nebraska, and see something that I'm familiar with? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the beauty about it. It tells you that people are really accepted, people want it, but somebody got to funnel that. Yes. Somebody got to do the work of giving those uh, new Americans an opportunity to be able to uh, work in this field. Otherwise, they just, they just won't be able to. What I love about all this, too, is, you know, first of all, I think Omaha in general, definitely within the last five or ten years, um, the diversity of food is is expanding. And I love that you're working to expand it further. And I'm also uh, very my, my heart is warm to hear when you did this event, you know, at Joslin that. Omaha showed up mm-hmm. and is there to try these different things as well and embracing these new foods because uh, some people can be hesitant, like you said earlier, to get out of their 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 lunchbox, if you will, and, and go see, trade with other people's lunchboxes mm-hmm. and see what's in there. Um, so I think that's really neat. So not only are you enriching the Omaha community, but, you know, also we were talking about, you know, Omaha being uh, skipped over um you know, uh, a little bit too on recognition and, and things like that. Um, but you're, you're bringing Omaha on the map through your efforts and with the Jacques Pepin Foundation sort of bringing national attention here, maybe shining a little bit more on the awesome things that Omaha does as well. So enriching us internally and then also bringing, you know, others from, from outside here. Um, you know, you had mentioned, you know, too, that you are generating, you know, new business opportunities for these folks that, and giving a 
a positive career direction to them, which then feeds back into the community, makes the you know our community stronger. Um, new business owners, which is awesome, and we do have such a great local food scene and and, and bringing that up. And also, these folks then are putting their heart into their food. The food mm -hmm. is going to taste better because of that. The 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 restaurants, the catering businesses, the pop ups are going to be be more fun and uh, you know provide. Uh, much more um, interest than than maybe uh, you know s some situation where there isn't as as much heart in there. One thing that you said too, you know, when we were talking about food being shared amongst people, and you know, you were saying that uh, when you had these you know two different people cooking, and they realize, oh wait a minute, I use that ingredient. Coming to mind comes something like a uh, like a hand pie. So like a uh, beef patty from Jamaica or an empanada or maybe even a pierogi or almost everybody's got a ham, a samosa. Everybody's got a hand yes, pie. Yes, so yes. it's like if everybody makes their own and then kind of looks at each other and goes, wait a minute, you've got one of those? I've got one of those. And then you're further bridging that gap. Food is such a – I don't know that anything really has that same ability to connect – with everyone, and I think that is so neat. Multiple layers of, of business, of regions, of, of all these things, and you're, you're, you're doing something that is so much bigger than just yourself, and, and, and making things much bigger, and, and I, I think that's wonderful. You're right, it's just, it's bigger than me, and that's the reason why a lot of people ask me on my own business side, like, why aren't you opening a restaurant? You know, why aren't you doing more catering? I mean, I'll, I'll do well right now if I open a restaurant. People sure. know me by now, you know, a catering company, but. It's bigger than me. I think for what I've seen in Omaha, for what how Omaha and embrace, and there's a lot of new Americans that are coming in Omaha a lot. Yeah. A lot. You know, as you also know, a lot of um, immigrants are more likely to open a small business mm -hmm. and a lot mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But what I don't see in our hospitality field is people embracing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, not, I'm going to quote, you know, one of uh, my uh, chefs that, you know, I learned a lot from, Chef Peter Walsh from Metropolitan uh, uh, Community College. Mm -hmm. He says that African food is the new frontier or the last frontier. Because mm. we embrace all the food, yeah. right? We can even go for just immigrant food, new American food, and the new frontier or the last frontier. Yeah. Because we embrace all the food, but that's why we don't have that extensive thing right now. So it's important that we do something about it. We, we realize that we're missing out. We mm -hmm. realize that. There is a market for it because of all these people that are here right now. Yeah. And also there is the need for of visibility. There is a pain point that I've lived myself. Sure. David. I've lived it several times and then that's what really led me to do this. Yeah. I've seen people that are new American that have settled here. They have the money, don't get me wrong, because you know, they work in so many fields right now, but they will go to a hotel in town, they will say, We wanna have a wedding, but we wanna have this food from this country. Mm-hmm. And the hotel, the restaurant will say, oh, sorry, we don't know how to make that. Mm. We don't know. We don't be like, well, listen, there's this restaurant in town or this chef in town. Can you maybe get them as a consultant? They will say, no, 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 that's not, we don't know how to mm. do that. We are closing doors on a lot of people. Mm. They can't even have the wedding. They said, end up just going to churches or community houses to have their, their wedding over there. Mm -hmm. So they start as close to them. Mm. What is the diversity? What's accessibility, right? It's rather hard to do. If you just will allow yourself to open up, and then I know, I understand, I've worked through hotel, like I told you, there's a uh, uh, liability uh, issue. You, you worry that you, know, you can't bring anything, anybody outside, but why don't you just have them a consultant? Right. I right. mean, just have them a consultant, they can, uh, 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 and they can help you just, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, just do this event and then give these people what they want. Yeah. Right? So that's what we're trying to change right it's not it's it's, not, it's a matter of just giving everybody that opportunity mm -hmm. and it's also a matter of giving people that are coming here an opportunity to do this job because if if you don't allow this cuisine to happen they cannot have this job yeah. so it's it's a full circle kind of thing you know so i've been through those i've been through those things that's why I, like you say it's bigger than me yeah. i see further down the road i see 15 years from now i don't want my daughter you know to to have the same thing mm. to be told at uh, you know x i don't want to throw a brand sure, name but sure. x hotel that sorry you can't have your event right here because you cannot have your food right here yeah that is not okay that, you know? that is uh, absolutely and you know especially for my goodness the 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 gravity or the the magnification of you know, something like, you know, a wedding or birth or, or birthday or, or any of these, these life events, food is very tied 
to celebration, I think, in almost every culture, mm-hmm. um, and to not be able to have, you know, I, I guess maybe to throw something out there in the U.S. anyway, it's like, okay, it's your birthday, but you can't have a birthday cake. Yeah. What? What What do you mean I can't have a birthday? Well, sorry, we, we're not going to let you do birthday cake. You know, you can only have, I, I don't know, beef jerky, you know, and so... Um, so yeah, to 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 make sure that the acceptance of different cuisines is out there, and I think by not only allowing you know new immigrants and and existing uh, you know populace to get these businesses started and get that cuisine out there might help breed some familiarity with the food. And I there's some folks that are scared, I guess, of, of trying new food. But guess what, folks? Uh, we all use the same ingredients. Um, all the spices that grow on Earth and the animals that are here on Earth and those things, we just maybe put them together in different quantities or different ways. Exactly. Um, so, and also, I suppose, too, I, I know uh, uh, Chef Soji uh, from Okra did say that when she first started trying to cook food in Omaha specifically, uh, some of the spices and things that she needed weren't readily available. So she made it a pathway for those things to happen. And so I think also as there are more uh, restaurants needing things like this, maybe the supply lines become a little bit easier to, to get into. Ha- have you encountered any challenges with getting ingredients or are we, are we in a good spot right now where you can get the things that you need? We're in a good spot. I've never Excellent. had any issue with uh, recreating yeah. my great-grandmother spices here Love in Omaha, Nebraska. Because the beauty is that I go to Latin store. Ah, I go to Asian store. Yeah. I go to like a um, Armenian store, uh, Indian store. I get every bit of what I need. Perfect. And I come and recreate that right here. That's perfect. You know, the Yazzie that we use, and talk, I recreate that. Yes, I used to be like, oh, somebody's going to talk, okay, or why don't you get this shipped for me? Or somebody's coming back, oh, bring this with you. Yeah. But I've since... You know, being That's able great. to get all those things from all these ethnic stores yeah. to blend it together. Yeah. That's what shows you how Omaha is ready for it. That, I love you know, it. we have that possibility here. Now, if you go to like, a, we also have a couple um, African stores right here that make it easy uh-huh. for you to be able to get things, you know. Uh-huh. And um, also, one of the things that we've tried this to do uh, in the past uh, with a couple, you know, partners that we have. Uh, City Sprout and No More Empty Pot also. Oh, No More Empty Pot, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. They have access to, like, you know, connecting us to, like, farmers. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility for us also to connect those farmers to the folks that uh, w- w- we we do a program with to grow some of the things. Like right now, if you go to today, even um, I was given some okra that was, you know, harvest from No More Empty Pot a rooftop. Oh, perfect. So, yes. So, and then there's also some gardens in Omaha uh, where you can get some things, you know. I know there's a community that are growing things that are specific to, I know there's Congolese community that are growing things specific to Congo. And yeah. some caring community that are also doing the same thing. So, there is a community garden around town where you can get something that's like ethnic, and then uh, so you, you'll be able to. So, Omaha, Omaha is offering that opportunity. We just need to embrace it. And then also, that's what education comes, David. Mm-hmm. That's what for me I decided that. That, that void has to be filled with somebody educating the community, yeah. educating the people. We, we want to do more. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to have classes where the community can come and learn. It's just two of us right now. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's what's hard, you know. We want to train the trainer, which is the professional chefs. Yes. We want to train the new, uh, the future chef, and we want to also train the community. But we don't have the capacity, the bandwidth right now to be able to do all that. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, so otherwise, that's the goal. Uh, I'm going to just also throw a quote right here that I recently uh, uh, learned, and then it, it's dear to me, which is that in the eyes of the stove, we're all equal. Mm. That's Jacques Pepin Foundation quote, and mm. that's Chef Pepin quote. So, yes, in the eyes of the stove, we're all equal. Mm-hmm. But we just got to show that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I say this everywhere, David, but I go, uh, I was like, you could go to um, a third grader right now in OPS or in any school right now. You ask them what fried rice is, they will tell you. Mm-hmm. You ask them what um, taco is, they will tell most likely tell you. What is, uh, what is meatloaf is, they will tell you. What is, you know, much better, they will tell you. But tell them what is jollof. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is uh, okra, what is something, they won't be able to tell you that. Right. They, because they don't know that because it's, it doesn't it hasn't make it there. Right. Right. There's a huge um, demand now for farm to school. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more 
organic than you know uh, uh, culture appropriate culture from cuisine that are scratch cooking you know from farm from farm and stuff like that so we got to get to the point where if a third grader can know about diverse food yeah they're gonna grow differently yeah they're gonna grow to accept yes you know um, the culture of the other person because through food you're gonna know me yes you said it there's no other better connector absolutely right there's no other better connector we're grateful to have some support like the Jacques Pepin Foundation is great. You know, we have like Conagra, mm-hmm. Sherwood, you know, the Wise family and Lozier, uh, Lozier that also are supporting us, you know, the American Farm Credit Services. We are just grateful that we are, we are paying their attention, right? Yeah. They are paying attention to what we're doing right now. And then we just want to be able to see more of that happening, mm-hmm. see more support from the community, people hearing our voices, people here, our mission, people here, what we want to do. That's why we're grateful for you to invite us to come here and being able to share this message because it's not just about us. Yeah. David, you said it very well. It's not about me. It's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to go just open a restaurant right now. In fact, every time we have a graduation, they, they ask us, Chef, when are you going to open? I'm like, if I do that, I won't be here to help the next class. Especially with a staff of two. Yes. You know what I mean? You will be able to. One of the things that I think is is neat that as your mission expands and helps immigrants uh, that that are here and also helps those that aren't immigrants in that you're exposing folks that may not have seen this cuisine to more opportunities, I, I think that that's a wonderful thing as well because I see things like if I looked at the number of Indian restaurants that were available in Omaha 15 years ago pales in comparison to where it's at now. And I think Indian food uh, is one of the things that is starting to enter the uh, more common conversation of of our population. You know, you had mentioned, you know, if you get a bunch of third graders together, they know what a taco is. They know what fried rice is. They're probably going to start knowing, you know, what a biryani or, yeah, or an yeah. Indian curry is. Yeah. But we're not there yet with with African food, and and there's so much to to bring in, and. First of all, my uh, uh, a little bit of expertise with South Omaha, but South Omaha has historically been an area where immigrants got their start in the past. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the you know meatpacking and things like that, and whether that was Polish immigrants or German immigrants or Czech, Mexican, South American. We have a lot of immigrants here, and you're working to provide opportunities that bring them into a passion and a career. And there's a shared experience that immigrants have in learning an entirely new country, city, state, etc. So I guess your thoughts on um, what that means or, or how that, uh, that shared experience of being an immigrant kind of ties in with, with your mission or things that can uh, help that experience be better. You know, David, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, Omaha at time can be like the third largest place where immigrant comes or sometimes the first, like right now with a lot of, you know, immigrant resettlement in Omaha. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, like 20 years from now, think about uh, what the co- composition of a community will be in Omaha, right? Yeah. Which is great, which makes us, you know, that's the American melting pot, right? Absolutely. And better and stronger better with and stronger more culture. With more culture and and you bet. I've been here for almost 20 years now, uh, after 20 years in June. And uh, I will say that if I were to count um, the number of African restaurants that are here, uh, it's probably about, uh, I can count on, on I my was hand. thinking, I had yeah. the same number of <laughs> yeah. fingers on my hand, right. it was five. Exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? But at the same time also, we see it as just like, it's something that's just like here, like yeah. at low level. We don't see anything like, you know, it could be upscale. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like, I mean, casual dining or fine dining, right? It doesn't exist, it's not there. Mm-hmm. People don't connect the dog with that, mm. right? This year, you know, I was lucky enough to cater for a couple of events, one at uh, Harper Center at Creighton University. Oh, wonderful. And uh, the other at the Metropolitan Community College. Excellent. Both organizations allowed me to come and be a consultant on an event because the folks was asking for cultural appropriate cuisine. Ah. So it was a hit, and then they realized that we need more of that because this is what the people wanted, right? And then we were able to do something like that. So... My goal for me, or our goal at House of Bar Foundation, is to be able to, one, change the narrative about the conception that people have about this food, mm-hmm. and also offer opportunity right now, like I say, three tiers. 
the people in the profession, right, mm-hmm. be able to open their eyes, the the future chefs, right, and also the community as well. So in 20 years, there's opportunity. And there's opportunity to enjoy um, those cultural from cuisine. There's opportunity to also prosper as a business person. Mm-hmm. Because as an immigrant, when you come here, you don't think you can make it. If you're working in, you know, meatpacking, that's all that you know. Yeah. And you may have spent everything just to get here. Just to get here. Yeah. Right? So just like you said, that share feeling like, you know, what am I going to do here mm-hmm. is what really connects us. But also that share sense of, I need to belong. Mm-hmm. And I need to belong doesn't mean you just get, you know, because uh, we all go to the same thing. Whether you come here, reach your poor, as long as you are not an American woman born here, you're going to go to the same process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, immigration and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, people that have skills in IT, people just want to be able to be a doctor, they can do all that. Yeah. What about the people that want to work in the hospitality field? Yeah. What about the people that uh, want to offer that? And most importantly, what's going to happen to that? culture in the future mm-hmm. if we keep just living that way and then we don't do anything to correct this we're gonna just be in the same phase in 20 years now david you and i will just say let's go to this wedding this uh, uh, this gathering at this place and we'll say sorry but you can only have this food that's why when i look around in omaha i was like there's no way with all the shifts that we have in omaha yeah with all the culinary greatness that we have in omaha there's nothing that's helping immigrants yeah. Refugees. And what what the history history that this continent or this country actually has sure. with Africa, folks still don't know anything about African food. Yeah. Yeah. Or they view it as like it's a little I mean it's just like Imam and Palakasi, something that you're not gonna uh have a first course, second course, third course of dessert. It's more like uh just not being say, you know, fork and then that's it. It's gotta change. Yeah. It's gotta change. People have to see that for itself. And also it's gotta be able to be in places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people don't see that right now. Yeah, you know, and it's not just for for just me, for or us here, but it's also for the future generation. Absolutely, all these folks that you just seen around here coming here together. What we, are we offering them? Yeah, in the future, how can they find themselves in the future? Um, there's only one company that offer frozen African food in the U.S. Oh my god, it's goodness. called Ayo. So Ayo Group is folks from Liberia in, in, in um. Chicago, when it was just researching this, there was no frozen African food in the whole United States. Wow. There is frozen food from Australia, but none. Wow. And it started just that. So that tells you how far <laughs> we have to we have come, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then how far we have to go to, to make that difference, right? Yeah. So we realized that this wasn't just like an African issue. That's sure. why we, we realized that we got to also help all the immigrants and refugees. Yeah. Because... And when we say immigrant, anybody here as an asili, you know, as a refugee, it's all we all look at each other as an immigrant. Yeah. Because as long as you leave your country for whatever reason it can be to settle here, we relate to that as an immigrant. Sure. Right. Because shared experience. You know, for me, shared experience, shared experience. You know. Yeah. So, and uh, that's why uh, being able to come to this radio show, being able to have like those folks, like I say, a uh, name earlier sponsoring us and, and the, the community partner that we have. The the Voltaire, and multiple community college to you know giving us an ear and saying you know, okay we understand what you want to do and yeah. Shapiro Foundation saying you know what you're on the path. I understand beautiful what you're trying to do. Yeah, we're all equal in the eyes of the stove, so it's a boost. Yeah, to really get this going to be able to have uh, help everybody else to get this. I don't know about the the application process or the consideration process yeah. for for the Jacques Pepin Foundation. Do you know how you got on their culinary radar? Y- yes, you know because you know last year I was the only one doing this, uh-huh. and this year I have the amazing Joe behind, and she just like you know okay, listen, let's just you know look out here and then just see what we could we can. Ah. But when we applied, though, it wasn't with the convention that we were going to be picked. Sure, right? you you have hope. You know, you think, you know, this is what it is. Yes, of course, also, I've shared with Joe my uh, experience or how Jacques Pepin, you know, was an influence in my life yeah. and stuff like that. And then I think that's what Joe was like, you know, oh, they have this. Let's try. She's a great grandwriter. They read everything in the application. They felt like, you know, you're right. And David, honestly, everybody that have a chance to listen to us a little bit or have a chance to see what uh, about our mission, what we're trying to do, they always just take a pause and they're like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. 
I don't see anybody doing that in the media website, at least for now. Yeah. I don't see anybody trying to just change that, right? You got to go to, like, uh, on the East Coast to have, like, a uh, Chef Pietam. Uh, um, you have uh, Marcus Samuelson. You have Kwame. Mm. Mm-hmm. You go to, like, um, L.A., you have, like, uh, Murad Laoud, you know, stuff like that. And then also there's other African-American chefs that also right now, you know. And uh, the High on the Hog book, you know, uh, and the series on Netflix, that's opening up some people, folks' eyes with now understanding African cuisine and stuff like that. Yeah. But we don't have it in Omaha. Yeah. You know, except we we do now because you're here. (laughs) I would love to see what happens when you take both adults and kids and put some Mexican rice, some Spanish rice Mm -hmm. next to some jollof rice and make them go analyze the differences because they might find they're real close. Um, you know, <laughs> so um, and, and just getting the, that that in the, the collective consciousness that these are, are good things and good choices and let's have them be here, you know, is, is wonderful. You're right. You will see that it's very similar. When I used to work in a hotel, you know, I tell um, anybody from Latin America that it's the same. African food, the Latin food is very much the same. My One of my buddy, you know, uh, he was going to have a catering the other day and then uh, um, they wanted kind of like some French cuisine but also wanted some uh, infusion with the Indian Indian food right oh cool yeah. he's like okay well Jimmy you know what I'm going to do I'm like you know I want to come here you know I'm sure they're going to relate what you're going to cook yes and they did relate to what I cook because a curry that I'm going to use probably half the spice that I'm going to use is probably half the, the spice that they, 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 they use you know what I mean yeah so that, just that has to be that, that's exactly what what makes the food just a unique food where we we are going to find ourselves in it yeah. right so it's important that we understand that food is food. And when I introduce, when I, I, I tell somebody from uh, uh, Africa, like, you know, broccoli, just because we don't grow it broccoli doesn't mean that you can have it. It's just similar to this that we have. And uh, if you have cauliflower, that's what it is, you know, but on a squash, it's vice versa, right? Or when I tell somebody right here that I explain them the, the, how dendi is made, red, red a dish from Ghana, and how you utilize okra to make this, and they're like, oh, oh okay, you know what? I use gari from cassava, they understand the beauty of it. They, they see that. And that's what really, uh, I feel like every time people have had that food, they change their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a lot of pop-up at the Love Voltaire restaurant. One of one lady told me, you got my 90-year-old mom to eat uh, fufu and liked it. I don't know how you did it, but Love I mean, it. it's just food is food, you know? Yeah. You know? So that's exactly uh, the beauty of uh, us allowing ourselves to see that. And like you said, projecting ourselves, or right there, what you pictured, adult and kid, mm-hmm. realizing that we can bond around this, you know, and that we can bond. And that's, that's what we're doing this, you know, uh, to be able to foster that connection and uh, make the food normalize it. Mm-hmm. Normalize it so people can understand that it is okay food. Yeah. You know, it's not just uh, something that you see, it's on TikTok, you just want a sensation, you know, have a minute fame, just take a picture of it. It's not that I want you to get to know it and also know how nourishing this, this food is. Mm-hmm. Because really, African food is about scratch cooking. It's mm-hmm. about using things fresh from the farm. It's about also healing. Curry, anything that's a spice blend, mm-hmm. tell you, a kid, you know, it's, it's a medicine. Yeah. We all can, we all, you know, the food is a medicine. And uh, there's this uh, hot sauce that we call shita. A lot of people that I've given this, we have tried this, you're like, oh my God, this is like, this warm me up. I have a dear friend of mine that was gonna do, um, she's a poet, she writes, you know, and then she was gonna have a show where she has to just be out there and then, you know, uh, recite a poem. She's oh, yeah. Like, she's a Jamil, I, 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 I need something for my voice. I need to just for you to get me to claim my voice. All right, what you give a shito? And then she just came up there, oh my God, Jamil, it opened up my vocal cord. It just, you know, so yeah, yeah, even like peppermint, you yeah, know, clearing exactly. your senses, clearing your head, things like that. Obviously, exactly. yeah, 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 for so, sure. So that's what it is, you know. Like um, I had this class um, with Noam uh, Tipa, uh, and that was called Asonu, which was a perspective on uh, pregnant lady and then uh, uh, breastfeeding uh, from African side. Mm-hmm. All I did was just sharing some of the recipe, some of the spices that. Um, lady, uh, ladies will use in Africa while they're pregnant and mm-hmm. you know while they're breastfeeding to help them with healing, help mm-hmm. them with the breastfeeding and stuff like that. Those are things that we used to have in this country also, like knowing, you yeah. know, any Native uh, American can relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to just bring those. I don't want to say marginalized cuisine, but um, and unknown yet, you know, cultural framing cuisine yes. to normalize it. Yes, because I didn't see it. 
going out there to eat. I didn't see it in the industry when I was working in the industry. Yeah. I tried to bring it, and then it was like a no, because either they don't know about it, they don't understand it. So yeah. like you said, David, I don't want it to be the same in 20 years. Mentioning food as being a, a connection point uh, for, for immigrants, for people in general, you had mentioned uh, that I believe you, you lost your mom. Yes. I have as well. And one of the things that uh, she used to make for me was a uh, split pea and, and ham soup. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one was uh, she would do like a over medium egg and just mix it with some, some buttered toast. And when I wasn't feeling well, uh, she'd make that for me. You know, especially the, the split pea and ham is something that uh, I, you know, I won't be able to have again from her. I'm curious from your perspective, from your mother, are there any dishes that you really tie to to her that remind you of her that maybe give you a little bit of a, a, a connection, maybe even a little bit of time travel uh, through food uh, to connect with your mom? Wow. To pinpoint one, I guess it depends on the weather. Like on a rainy day, I can think of something that she will do. But honestly, I don't think there's not a day that, even like in this moment, in this presence. Yes. Like opening or reading the email that the Shaq Payment Foundation you know, going to MCC, graduating that day. Mm-hmm. There's no moment that I don't think about her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I, I owe all that to her. Mm. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even know this, you know, food. So whether I'm making, you know, Italian food or French food or African food, really. But I think any time that anybody just tastes my food, they go, oh, my, wow. My first thought was always to my mom because really, Without her, I would not have done this because my, my father passed away when I was 13. Mm. So I really, really grew up with my mom. Yeah. And then uh, everything was just me and her. Yeah. So we had a great bond. You know, I was here when she passed away in 2005. So as a newly arrived immigrant, you know, I didn't even go back home. So, yeah, moments like this, whether I have a TV coverage, you know, whether I do something and, you know, I just like, oh, mom, I wish you could be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's really, really what it is. So... The simple answer is the spice, mm-hmm. right? The spice, the curry, is the mother of anything that we mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. So if you put that into anything, mm-hmm. you're just going to relate that to her. Yeah. I could learn name one dish, but for me, it's a moment. Yes. It's for me, it's, it's a moment, you know, that I go, Mom, you know, you know, uh, I know you're going to be proud right now. I love know, that. Uh, for this. I love that. I have no doubt she would be exceedingly proud of you. And, and every time that somebody smiles... Uh, at a dish that you make, or like you said, you're you're honored with with an accolade or something along those lines. You're you know representing her well and mm-hmm. representing her proud and and the foods and techniques and and passion for food that that you bring. And it has been so nice to to get to know you more through this conversation. The complex mission that you have taken on and proceeded so well is a wonderful thing and Omaha is lucky to to have you and the the House of Off Foundation and uh, your efforts that that you really are growing lives enriching lives enriching our community and and I think that is fantastic if people want to know what House of Ba is doing from a catering perspective, or the House of Ba Foundation is doing enriching lives of immigrants and uh, non-immigrants alike. I, I think, you know, percentage-wise, most of us, most of us are immigrants here in some perspective. It just depends on how much time <laughs> in in there. But enriching the lives of others. How can people find out about what's going on? So people can find out about our programming on our website. Right now, it is eatandtalkafrica.org. Very soon it's gonna change to Hasabar Foundation US. Okay. So we're on Facebook. You can just Google the name, and you can find us. You can find a link to our website or find a link to uh, our social media, and then uh, people can also email us at uh, enta admin at eatntalkafrica.org. So awesome. that's enta admin at eatandtalkafrica.org. But we, were, we are in the midst of just pointing the um, domain, asabafoundation.us, to all the websites. Okay. And then people can just find more information about it. Perfect. But even if you Google the name Chef Jamil, uh, you know, or if you Google Hasaba, it will get you to uh, something on Google that will get you to uh, the foundation side. 
And they can also call us, our number 402-212-7149, if you just want information, because we cannot do this without the community support behind this. Mm-hmm. For folks that like the melting pot that we we have, yes. for, for folks that like to give immigrants an opportunity, for folks that like to eat, yes. and for folks that like to see that diversity in the food offering, and also to be able to give opportunity for economic growth, opportunity for job for all those people that are here, and for folks that cultural affirming cuisine matters, for folks that think that all those cuisine need to their place, right, into the world that we have right now, mm-hmm. they can get involved by just, you know, helping us raise money, helping us, like I said, we have a staff of uh, 1.5, really, one staff and a half right now. Yeah. We want to be able to do more of this. We want to be able to uh, get more of Nina's meals, you know, all the out there's more people that can offer this cuisine and then you know keep this going so that that's why uh we, we are proud and uh, uh we are grateful uh for all our sponsors you know because for us especially like i was telling joe i was like 2020 when i was incorporating this i thought i was just like oh, am, I, am i crazy like what am i like maybe you know what you better off going doing this so many people have told me along the ride the, the road the ride Go do something else. Just forget about this. I was like, why is it that I'm choosing to still go in here and doing mm. this? What is it about this mission? Why, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Sitting here with you is a reminder of why I'm doing it. It's bigger than me. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see a change. You've summed it up very nicely. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, you know, you have you have a lot to do, especially with a staff of 1.5, as you said. I have learned so much. And so I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. Love that you're bringing people together with food. On this show, uh, we often say, you know, we, we connect with food. And this is precisely what you're doing. So, Chef Demil Ba Traore, thank you so much for spending time with me. And we're going to sign it off on the show. And as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye-bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email SaturdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.